welcome to another episode of this, actually the season finale episode of the Naturally Built Podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Pablo Cortez. Uh, today, I welcome back Hunter Irrigation Product Specification Manager, Nick Strabi, uh, to help me close out the season. Uh, Nick, on the first episode that you were on, we discussed your career path and how you got to your current position with Hunter. Um, We've had a couple of guests that uh, I hope provided some insight into the business side of things, uh, not necessarily specific to landscape architecture, but definitely subjects that can help someone running a, or thinking about uh, starting a business, uh, whether it's a landscape firm or, or any type of business, really. Um, your position with Hunter has you not only answering questions for specifiers and contractors and helping them out, but also you're out there selling the product. Um, you know, sales is something that is sometimes overlooked when you're running a design-based slash creative business. So I thought you'd be perfect to speak to that aspect and share your thoughts on what it means to, you know, sell a service. Um, so yeah, thanks again for making the time for this uh, last episode. Um, so really, just wanted to start off with, uh, you know, what your definition and what the sales mean to you. Yeah. Hey, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, really stoked to uh, have bookended the uh, first season of Naturally Built. Um, you know, it's, it's a good question is, you know, and the question is, what does sales mean to me or mean to you? And, and everybody should really be thinking about this question because I think, I think bigger picture, um, it, it means the same thing to everybody. Um, and that is, it's the transaction of a good, um, for something else, money, services, whatever it might be. And, um, we constantly daily, we're buying things, whether it's on Amazon or we go to the market or wherever we're going, um, there's a sale, there's a transaction taking place. And oftentimes it's just, you're grabbing something off a shelf and you're buying it. There's rarely interaction in between. Um, but I do find that when we do look, any of us look at um, a large purchase or we look at something that's going to affect or basically put our reputation on the line, we do a little more research and we often seek out a source. And the source that we're seeking out is either a representative for that product or that company. Um, but we're really, um, if, if we don't know a lot about it, we're, we're having to trust them. And so, so sales to me means trust. Um, you as a landscape architect, um, call me when you, you have an issue or you, you're, you're presented with a design situation that's either irrigation or low voltage lighting based. And you say, hey, it's kind of unique. How do I approach it? Well, you trust me that I'm going to put you in a great spot regardless. And, and you know, based on just our relationship that, that um, I'm not going to put you in a spot that's a product that's going to fail and make you look bad. And so really it all starts with trust. That's what sales is. And if you trust the person you're buying from um, or transacting with, then, then the sale is secondary. And so, so that's kind of where I, the way I view sales is trust. Yeah, that's uh definitely something that uh, you know on my end uh is something i look for is you have to trust that person or you know whatever the the company or whatever it may be right that's that's offering that that service to or product um uh, how do you um how do you define sales success and what is your what is a successful sale in your opinion yeah uh you know, the, the easy way to do it is you say sales success is the number, the amount of revenue brought in by the company based on what you do and what you sell. And so it's interesting is when I, when I service in my job, I'm a specification rep. So I, I'm really working on the front end side of things. So I'm working with landscape architects like yourself, 
um, agencies, whoever it might be to say, hey, we wanna put this product on the plan. And so I see them put the print on the plan. That is my sale. That is me selling one good to somebody. That's the transaction. There's no money exchanged. Um, and to me, that feels good. And that's, that's a sale. But really, the success for me and, and, and what I define as a successful sale is when I see somebody um, who is unsure about how to approach a project. Um, we'll talk and we'll go over the project. We'll maybe give them some insight some design assistance, great. And then I see a plan come through the bid centers. I see, you know, I get calls from contractors that say, hey, I'm working on the um, crossroads, you know, parking or uh, commerce center, whatever it's going to be. There's, here's the plan, I need some help. And we look at it and we see that it's all hunter laden. Then I say, great, that's success to me. Um, and then when, when we can help the contractor, if they can't find the product deliver, then it's great. And I'm going to bring up an example. And rarely do I get involved at the deliverable level. But um, last week I had a client call and about a year ago, I was working with them on a project where we used, um, we came up with a program for their trees and it was a bubbler program. So they were going to put two bubblers on each tree. We had the spec, all the product that they needed, great on the plans. Calls and he says, hey, my contractor can't find the product at the distributor. Okay, COVID's created a lot of manufacturing um, challenges for everybody. And so what we ended up doing was he likes to buy from one distributor. We called two others nationally and found a way to get the product shipped from one of their branches in Texas out here to California. They were able to buy and they were able to keep the product on the plan. So the success for me there was A, I was able to get them into a solution that they designed with. B, um, I was able to provide a customer service of sorts and help them locate the product. C, we were able to get the product shipped into the hands of the contractor when the contractor was struggling. And D, hopefully it goes in the ground, it's flawless, there's no issues, and we have a great landscape product. So really, that's my successful sale. The funny thing is, is that in the first question we talked about trust. They trusted me the whole time to pick up the phone, to call, to locate the product, to do all that stuff. And so even though this is a one-off scenario and they don't call me for every project because typically product's available and easy to find, they trust that we're here to stand behind the product and help them make it easy on them. They didn't have to make any additional phone calls. So really that's a success successful sale kind of in my present day and what I do, it, it comes back to that whole, whole bit of trust and we're able to, to provide service and then deliver. So doesn't just stop at the uh, the spec on the plans, right? You're you're following no. through with uh, making sure that the contractor is able to follow through with the plans and and, and provide what's uh, really what they bid on, right? <laughs> what they yeah. what they're uh, what they're saying they're gonna do. Essentially. Absolutely, and I'm tr I'm trying to take you, you know, the my customer essentially out of the mix um, of having to deal with it, and then then we have someone who deals with the contractors and distributors. I'm trying to get him to deal with the contractor and move this around. So, so really it comes down to alleviating your stress and your pain um, for the project. And it really kind of goes in the way we had talked about. So, yeah. Cool. So I, I know that you've done this and I, I've had to do some, a little bit of this, um, you know, same with emails, um, but how do you handle uh, cold call sales? <laughs> oh, cold call sales. You know, it's funny. So I've been with the company six years now. Um, and, you know, my first two years were essentially a lot of cold call sales, definitely the first year. And the funny thing is, is when I took the job, 
I wasn't necessarily the most um, knowledgeable about irrigation design or essentially all the products that we sell. And, you know, in the company that I work for, we have numerous products. I mean, I can't even describe how. Yeah, you're, you're always introducing new ones, right? So it's kind of <laughs> like, a, yeah. <laughs> and there's 10 different ways to, to solve a problem. It really comes down to the desired approach of plant material and stuff. So, so I go into this and I'm thinking to myself, you know, Nick, um, A, you aren't the greatest irrigation designer. Fact, I'll admit it. B, you don't know a lot about the products that you have to sell yet. And so, so it's, you know, paramount to get that information, get your hands on things, understand what you're selling, what you're doing. Um, but see, the, the thing that I did know is I had industry knowledge. And I did my research on customers I was calling. I understood where they, they kind of, where their presence was in our industry, whether they were doing municipal work, private developer work, multifamily, um, commercial, golf, whatever it was. So then that way I could, I could really kind of take the 10,000 thoughts that were racing through my mind and pare it down to about 10. Nice. And so, so that's where my cold call, and, and this took a little while, but you got to be prepared for no's. You got to be prepared for, prepared for people to say no solicitation and all that kind of stuff. But the second you can relate to people um, and, and show them that and prove that you have industry knowledge and you can kind of get on their level, then the conversation kind of builds. And one thing I found is that by human nature, people want to help. And so it was funny. I talked to a friend of mine who was in sales and he said, he did a lot of cold call sales and he said, um, one of the tricks I use is when I talk to people, I ask them if, um, you know, maybe they could help me out. So for instance, pick up the phone and Susie's on the other line and you say, uh, Hey Susie, I'm Nick Strauby with Hunter Industries. I was wondering if you could help me out immediately. We've set up a parameter where she, I'm asking her to help me and by nature, people want to be helpful. And then, Hey, can you direct me to the person in charge of the, or in the office who's in charge of making decisions as they relate to irrigation? That would be Bill. All right, I'm past the gatekeeper. I already got past the first no. I'm on to the second no. I get to Bill. Hey, Bill, saw the project that you did at, you know, so-and-so park. Um, I live right around the corner, um, and I've been going to that park for 10 or 15 years. Great. Now he knows that I know about the project. I know about. So really, it's all about relating to people, doing the due diligence before, finding out where they've been, a little bit of their background. And to be honest with you, Whenever I'm doing sales calls, it's like 10% product related or topic related. The other 90% is just catching up, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so that, that's, that's really how I handle the cold call is I do my due diligence, my research. I try and relate to them before I relate to any sale. And I try to not make it feel like it's, hey, I got a, I got a box of sprinklers in my back, in the tr back of my truck you want to buy them off of me in the parking lot so yeah nice yeah that's uh i mean you know whenever we get in a conversation it's you're right you know five ten percent of the conversation is the product and the rest we're kind of catching up not that not that we glossed over the product stuff because that's you know we can get through <laughs> that we can get to that pretty quickly but um you yeah, know it's uh it's good to talk <laughs> every once yeah. in a while um so I, I, luckily i haven't really ran into this um you know during working um with CTL stuff um but what what's your approach when you have a client that calls and says hey i need this uh, yesterday right or in the next couple of hours how do you respond to uh to a client when when that comes up so a lot of times 
it depends on the the grade of the client right and so you have these these different tiers of clients you know and it's 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 just by nature it's the people that you go and you see all the time who are always calling you and you, you have a great interaction with versus the person who calls you once a year to complain about something so I always try and qualify it and the, I needed something yesterday or I need this yesterday. Um, I try and, I try and um, identify uh, if it's something that I really want to want to do first and foremost, if it's something that really actually can be done. And then really I'm trying to look at the, I want it to be a win-win transaction here. So if I'm going to do something for somebody yesterday and they needed it immediately, then what am I getting out of the deal? And so, um, what I've found is, you know, a lot of times people are looking for, in our industry, they're looking for support documentation. So it's a construction detail. It's a um, written specification. It is a cut sheet. It is a sample. It is a this, it's a that. So I try and prepare and load up my storage with samples that I know my, my territory is going to use. I try and do that. And, and so then that way, when people need something, it's relatively quick. If I can't do it, then, or it's too big of a task, then it's just simply, yeah, no. And there's nothing wrong with saying no. And I feel like people often respect you more if you do tell them no, um, because I think it helps them curb their expectations. And oftentimes they don't know what it's going to take. So they're sitting there saying, hey, I don't have this. I don't know what it's going to take. How can I make this happen? And you just say, hey, you're going to have to tell your customer to wait, but I'm on it. Let me help you out. And I've just found that with my set of skills that I've obtained uh, by being in the industry, whether it's drafting or, or any sort of graphic uh, layout or anything like that, I can source usually their, their solutions um, quickly, or I can call somebody who might have it. So you just got to limit expectations. And I think over the course of time, the good clients, they'll be more likely to get the stuff that they needed yesterday. But you as the person asking, the client asking, need to also limit the expectations and understand that there's, you know, harsh realities in the world. So I just try and be as realistic and, and try and be as understanding in hopes that they will too. And really just being honest, right? I mean, if, you, if it's that's something it. that's impossible, you can't do it. It's, it's, it helps you just, just explain why and then and, and kind of try to move on from there. Um, you know, you know and, and you're, you're right. Sometimes we have to find a secondary solution, the solution that they've been working on for, they've been doing it this way for 20 years. And they say, I need this and I need this now. It's, hey, have you thought about this? If you do it this way, I can get it for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm open to that. Let's talk more. So it kind of becomes educational then. Nice. Um, Nick, what uh, advice do you have for those starting their careers and how they can go about sort of, you know, selling themselves and marketing themselves um, that are, who are just starting out, right? They're trying to get into the, yeah. into the, uh, um, into the, basically any career that they have, maybe out of school or they just got, um, um, you know, some kind of degree or, 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 or moving on. Um, do you have any advice for someone like that? Yeah. You know, it's interesting is um, we asked the question about what do you define as sales? Are you kind of talking and think about sales? Um, everything is sales, whether you're going in for a job interview, whether you're working a job as a CAD draftsman or you're working a job as a, um, you know, uh, a car washer, whatever it is, is you're selling yourself ultimately to get that job, right? So you need to be first and foremost confident in your skills. And um, second of all, you need to go into those meetings, <coughs> excuse me, um, or, or that interview and know that you're the right person for the job. So a lot of it's confidence-based. Um, I've mentored a few folks uh, uh, at, the, at the, the collegiate level 
um, and we, we have this conversation all the time and, and they aren't necessarily confident in their skills and they think a job's just going to roll up on their lap. Um, but what it comes down to is, you know, when you go into an interview, you need to, you need to say, it's going to be a loss for them to not hire me and then get the job and then, and then prove why, why that's, that's the case. Um, but you also have to be honest in that if you can't do something or you aren't of the caliber that they're looking for, be honest with yourself. So a lot of it just really comes down to being confident in what you're doing. I have, I've never been strong at graphic design. I've never been strong at several things, but one thing I am strong at is that I will work hard. I will work hard, harder than the next person. And so whatever I don't know how to do, I want to learn, you know, And, and being vulnerable, you know, how many times have you asked somebody something and they, they really don't know about it. Uh, and they sit there and they squirm to find the answer. I, I just flat out don't know. Yeah. You know, that's honest right there. And so you figure it out and, and those are cues you take back, you learn, you learn, you learn. And that's really it. You got to constantly be willing to learn and listen and talk and put yourself out there and network because ultimately um, if, if you, went to school, let's just say you got a degree and you're looking for a job, but you haven't networked, you don't talk to anybody in the profession. Who do you really have to reach out to other than a bunch of ads on, um, you know, Jeeves or whatever website you even go to these days? Hell, I don't know. So that's really it. Confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's a good way to put it. Cause uh, you know, I don't know what your experience was like, but for me coming out of school, within that first year of getting a job, it was, that was, it was a big learning curve, right? Just how, just learning how an office works in the first place, right? What the expectations are, what you can and can't get done. Um, uh, and the type of work that comes in and how all that works together. That's, it's a big sort of, I don't want to say you get thrown into it, but it is a learning process of how all that stuff works. And once you have that nailed down, then you can kind of see where, you know, what your, where your skills are going to be better used, right? And how you can, benefit the your, your your employer and really yourself because you're you're learning the entire time Absolutely. Um, yeah nick i think we, we we glossed a little bit over this but uh, i wanted to talk to you about um you know what do you equate with excellent service you mentioned sort of you know from from having your plan your your specification on the plans and then kind of following through um that seems to me that that's you know that already right there is going above and beyond what your original um, uh, goal was right is, is you're continuing that service an ongoing service um, once your quote-unquote sale is made um, did you have anything to add that you wanted to uh, yeah you know that? excellent service to me is is um, it's heavy in the support category um, but I also think it's um, uh, kind of maintenance of things. So like for me, when I say maintenance, it's, it's relationship maintenance. It's picking up the phone when you're in a pandemic as a, just a mental health check. And I, I did this kind of on the front end of the, the, the start of COVID here. It was just simply, hey, where are you at? It's been six weeks. You've been working from home. Um, where's your head at? What's going on here? I need to talk to people. And then this is my therapy too. Um, and so it, it's the off, the off uh, business conversation. It's the, uh, when they least expect it, something. Um, it's a note in the mail. It's, uh, you know, the thank you note, Pablo, and you get this, you're, you're of this ilk. And the thank you note, the follow-up email, um, those are the things. And, and it's just, it's a simple deal. 
it, I mean, it's real simple and a stamp costs like 45 cents, but, but really it shows personality. It shows that you're a stand-up type of person. And oftentimes the person you're relating to or, or working with is maybe a little bit more your senior and they grew up with this. So they, they set or attribute excellent service that way. And, and, you know, it, it can always be freebies. It can always be the, Hey, you know, he gave me, he hooked me up and gave me a sample product for my house, or he gave me a, a discount here or this kind of stuff. But, but in all reality, that excellent service um, of those types is really something that gets done because our relationship or our interaction has gotten us there to the point where if you ask for something, you need something, I'm here. Likewise, if I ask for something or need something, you're there. So really, um, excellent services is really just kind of that the peak that you've hit in your relationship uh, where you can always ask and you can always be honest and always trust that you're going to get kind of an honest answer that that you can then react to or appreciate so yeah well, yeah that's um it really is uh just the small little things right uh, like i said a thank you email or even just a quick uh, phone call to check in makes a bit makes a huge difference um Nick, I think uh, we, I think we're we're coming up at a stopping point. Um, is there anything that uh, you've been doing, reading uh, in these past couple of days that you've uh, would like to share? Do you think somebody else would enjoy? You know, I don't know if I said this on the first the first episode, um, but uh, I, I heard this this quote uh, maybe about a year ago now. Maybe it's a little bit less as it relates to sales. And um, so I, I, I sell a few different products um, and oftentimes we sell everything from the good to the better to the best um, product line. And oftentimes it's hard to get people to buy the best right off the bat, you have to prove value. And in any sort of service, kind of like what you're doing now um, as a landscape architect, you're trying to sell your professional services. and. We're in, we're in an industry where people think we're just gardeners, uh, educated gardeners, um, and that kind of stuff. And so this came up not too long ago where I was helping, um, uh, I was helping someone out and they, they had hired an architect to build their house or design their house. They had hired a structural engineer to engineer their house. They had hired a mechanical, electrical, and plumbing consultant to do the, that, that kind of stuff. Yet they didn't want to pay me, the landscape architect, for my services to design their yard, right? And so it was nickel and dime, nickel and dime, nickel and dime. So there's this Warren Buffett quote, and this is kind of where I'm getting. Um, and the Warren Buffett quote is, the price is what you pay and the value is what you get. And you always need to be thinking about that, or I do, in any interaction. I'm going to pay $400 for a pair of Beats by Dre headphones what is the value that I'm going to get? I'm going to get better sound quality, better microphone, better warranty, better all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's $200 more than the Bose, but there's this. And I don't know why I'm using those two brands, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And it might cost more. The interaction that we're having, the fact that I can help refer business to someone, to you, to whatever, I can lead you to your answers, provide you with any service. That's the value you're getting. Unfortunately, the price you're paying might be a little bit more, um, or it's less and you're getting a better service. So I just say people take away the price is what you pay. The value is what you get. Um, that's it. Cool. Well, thanks, Nick. Uh, again, thanks for taking the time. Um, I, I think we covered this before, but is there a way for people to reach out to you? Um, any kind of, uh, uh, if they have any questions for you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So my, my Instagram handle is nick.from.hunter. Um, that's the irrigation side of the world. Um, you can just reach me, reach out to me there, Instagram, uh, yeah, DM me, whatever you want to do there. If you are interested in any of the stuff that, that we sell or we do, that's hunterindustries.com or fxl.com. FX Luminaires, our low voltage lighting line of products. Um, but if you just need help in general and you're looking for a good contractor or you, you, know, you, you aren't sure about something, um, absolutely. And it's industry related, great. Or if you just want to talk about sales or anything like that, yeah, yeah. shoot me a DM or reach out. Catch up with Nick. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, Nick. Well, thanks again, man. We'll, uh, we'll keep in touch and um, maybe we'll have you back on season two. Anytime, buddy. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank All right, Nick. So thanks again, man. We'll talk yeah. later. Bye. Thank you for listening to this first season of the Naturally Built Podcast. Keep an eye on the CTO Landscape Architecture Instagram account for future season two news. Uh, I want to thank Nick Strabi for coming back to close out this first season with me. As always, our intro and outro music is written and produced by our good friend, Robert Wood. We'll have contact info for Nick in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and go out and build something.